From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, we have a yam attack. Metaverse tokens are taking a hit, and Binance and other exchanges are expanding into Europe. That's coming up on the Decrypt Daily. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, July 11th, 2022. What a great weekend of shows. If you guys heard on Saturday, I put out an episode with CEO of Voyager Digital, Steve Ehrlich. And it was from October of last year. It was just pulling one out of the archive. And I did that because I wanted everybody to listen to where we were juxtaposed to where we are. What we were sold and what we were told to what we have right now. And I thought it was very interesting, you know, to go back in time and hear those interviews and see where we are today. Also, an interview with CZ Zhao, the CEO of Binance, who is on the Decrypt Daily's sister podcast, GM, with editor-in-chief Dan Roberts. I hope you listen to the both of I hope you listen to both of those over the weekend. Don't forget to go to subscribe to not only this podcast if you're not, but also Decrypt's other podcast, GM. Let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. The time is 8.28 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $20,459, down 4% in 24%. Ethereum's at $1,141, down 4% in 24. Tether's number three. Binance Coin is number five, and USDC is number four. And I don't know why I did that, but it's number four, USDC, and Binance is number five. Running off the top ten, it's BUSD, XRP, Cardano, Solana, and Doge. Total market cap is down 3.3%. It's at $911.6 billion. We have a BTC dominance of 42.8% and an F dominance of 15.2. And like I said earlier, the metaverse is taking a hit. Some prices that we're looking at today is Engine Coin is lost about 7.5% in 24. It's currently trading at 50 cents. Ape Coin, you know, from the Board Ape Yacht Club ecosystem, is around 6.5% down in a day. It's at $4.59. And remember, Ape's all-time high was around $39.40, so it's down 88% since then. Sandbox's token is down around 5.5%. It's sitting at around $1.13. Decentraland's Mana is down around 5.5%. It's sitting at around $0.84. Axie Infinity's token is down as well. It's sitting at $14.11. And don't forget Zillica, who did this whole like metaverse release a couple months ago, shot up to around $0.20, or something like that. It's at $0.3.8. Now let's get into our coin of the day. Our coin of the day today is Serum, ticker SRM, rank number 104 in coin market cap. Its price is 99.5 cents. It's down in 24. Its current market cap is 261.9 million. Fully diluted market cap is 10.1 billion. That means 3% of SRM is in circulation. Now, I would say that that is a huge red flag, and you would have to go and look at 
their white paper and their community and all kinds of different things to understand where are those other 97% of tokens? Are they being mined or are they being held? Are they locked in some sort of, I don't know, founder trust or locked up agreement? So in an amount of time, those tokens get unlocked and they go into the market. And if that's the case, you can see this price go down drastically. So always look at where those outstanding tokens are, kind of like with Bitcoin. Bitcoin, there's 19 million mined already, but then there's 21 million total. We know that they're just not sitting out there already pre-mined in somebody's wallet waiting to be unlocked. We know that they're going to be mined in the future. So it's totally different if there's pre-mined tokens just sitting out there. I do not know the tokenomics, but be careful when you look at things like that. The all-time high for this token was set 10 months ago at $13.72. It's down 93% since then. So all-time low was two years ago at $0.11. Cents. It's up 800% since then. You can buy this token on Binance, FTX, Bitthum, Gate.io, and there you have it. So what is this Serum? Serum is a decentralized exchange or a DEX and ecosystem that brings unprecedented speed and low transaction costs to decentralized finance. Serum is the only high-performance DEX designed around a fully on-train central limit order book and matching engine. Ecosystem partners can compose on Serum's on-chain order book to share liquidity and power the trading features for institutional and retail users. Well, that's Serum. Ticker SRM on CoinMarketCap, rank number 104. Moving into today's headlines. Back in the day, there was this company called Yam Finance, and in one day, attracted $400 million in funds from yield farmers. The project collapsed because there was an unaudited smart contract, which inflated the number of Yam tokens by 10x, basically rendering any governance decision impossible. The project now lives in a newer form after receiving $115,000 in donations to execute a security audit. However, it's been attacked again, and the latest governance attack has now put the project back in the spotlight. They tweeted on July 9th, earlier today, there was a governance attack on the DAO that has now been thwarted. The attacker issued a malicious governance proposal with a spam description with the intent to gain control of the project's treasury. Shortly after the proposal was created, the attacker then voted on the proposal using 224,000 YAM tokens, enough tokens to reach quorum, which is a big problem with who has more and who has less, by the way. We've spoken about this before. But before anything was executed, the team was able to cancel the proposal through their privileges. By the way, that's another problem. Blocking the malicious attack. The proposal was canceled three hours after it was created. If this attack was executed, the exploiter would have been made admin and made off with around $3.1 million. So I just want to point this out really quick. There's two things there that should catch your eye. The first one is people with the most tokens should not have the majority of the vote. We have spoken about how DAOs are organized, and this is just a complete blatant oversight or negligence or somebody doesn't care or somebody who's trying to weigh their power in their favor. But just because you have more tokens shouldn't give you a exponential amount of voting power. There need to be limits and governing how much voting power you have, depending on how much tokens you have. Yes, I understand that there should be a weighted average, but this is what happens when you have DAOs that make decisions like this. The other thing that we should point out is that the team was able to cancel the proposal through their privileges, meaning that the DAO only has so much power. So are you a decentralized autonomous organization that actually is powered by the people? Or is it a pseudo powered by the people with an off switch on the back end that says, hey, if we don't like what you're doing, we'll just turn it off. Two big red flags in there. What do you think? Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co.
Celsius back in the news because it has new lawyers at the helm of its restructuring process, according to the Wall Street Journal. And they're citing that they want people familiar with the matter. As we all know, Celsius locked everybody out of their funds, saying that you can't withdraw any of your funds. But it says Celsius maintains that users will continue to accrue interest. <laughs> I don't know how they're doing this. Basically, just this number go up, apparently, even though they have no money. But they continue to hold fast to what they said on June 12th, that we are taking the necessary action for the benefit of our entire community in order to stabilize liquidity and operations while we take steps to preserve and protect assets. We are working diligently to meet our obligations. Voyager Digital, as you remember, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and Celsius has not. However, they have been facing mounting questions over its solvency and pairing up with, again, this new law firm that could indicate a shift in its overall strategy. Let's see how everything plays out. This is an interesting story because over the course of this podcast, I've been asking the question, where is Roger Veer? Roger Veer is the creator of Bitcoin Cash. People call him Bitcoin Jesus. Um, There's a lot of history with Roger Veer that we're not going to get into right now, but he kind of fell off. And maybe this has something to do with it. Crypto trading platform CoinFlex has detailed a strategy to combat its company's current liquidity crisis, which for almost three weeks has prevented users from withdrawing funds. So it's not just Celsius and Voyager or BlockFi. Well, in a blog post Saturday, co-founders announced that the company has entered into arbitration in Hong Kong to recover $84 million in losses from a large individual customer, who late last month, CoinFlex claimed it was prominent Bitcoin evangelist Roger Veer. The customer in question allegedly, and I want to just say that this is all allegedly, defaulted on a massive position last month and failed to honor his contract with CoinFlex, requiring him to guarantee any negative equity in his account. CoinFlex has previously stated that it was a single customer's failure to cover that debt that forced the company to freeze withdrawals on his platform in late June. Roger Veer tweeted this. Recently, some rumors has been spreading that I've defaulted on a debt to a counterparty. These rumors are false. Not only do I not have a debt to this counterparty, but this counterparty owes me a substantial sum of money, and I'm currently seeking the returns of my funds. Again, we don't know the truth, but obviously Roger Vera has been caught up with $84 million less, and there's been some issues. We'll see how this turns out. So as we all know, last month, FTX extended a $250 million line of credit to BlockFi. A day later, Alameda Research, another Sam Bankman-Fried company, gave Voyager Digital $500 million line of credit. Two weeks later, FTX came out to acquire BlockFi. And Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX still has a few billion dollars, apparently, to help other companies with one foot in the grave. Well, CZ Zhao has criticized the Voyager bailout, saying that he'll never do that type of deal. He wouldn't invest in your company and then loan money and then bail out your company. He also said in a blog post on June 23rd that he doesn't want to perpetuate bad companies. Let them fail. However, Binance and CZ are looking at a high number of deals. And some of them are actually very good deals. And there is the contradiction. Can you at the same time say it's bad to bail out companies and then go ahead and bail out companies? My answer is absolutely. There is a contradiction. It is very conflicted. However, if you're a business, you can say that this is bad. They were bad companies. But then you can look at that company and go, ooh, look how many use they have. Look at all the debt, the assets, the liabilities, so on and so forth. You put it on an Excel sheet. You see that the potential of the company and say, I can pick that up for a bargain and make a lot of money from it. I, I, there is definitely a contradiction. But, I mean, if you can do good business, you can do good business. What do you think? Matthew Arnett to Crypto.co. 
does CZ have a contradiction? And is that contradiction still a good business decision? And does it even matter if it's a contradiction? Let me know. Keeping with Binance, today Binance announced its Spanish subsidiary Moontech was registered with the Bank of Spain as a virtual asset service provider. CZ Giles said this, Moontech's registration with Spain is an acknowledgement of the hard work and commitment of our teams to provide a platform that places user protection above all else. That news makes it the third country in the European Union to have green-lit Binance. Early this year, both France and Italy licensed the exchange as an official digital asset provider. Meanwhile, rival exchanges Coinbase and FTX are also expanding their frontiers into Europe. In March, Crypto Securities and Exchange Commission approved the launch of FTX Europe, now the second affiliate of the popular FTX exchange after FTX.us. Coinbase also reported in June that it has plans to hire a regional manager to oversee the exchange's European expansion. And finally, it's not just Binance and FTX and Coinbase that are expanding. Latin American exchange Ripio said it's expanding its business and increasing interactions with cryptocurrency enthusiasts, both beginners and experts. To that end, it focused on various initiatives. It'll be launching a book, a Web3 and Metaverse wallet, as well as its own sidechain, Ripio Chain. Ripio is one of the most important cryptocurrency platforms in Latin America. Founding in Argentina in 2013, the exchange has grown to serve over 3 million users across Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, Mexico, and Uruguay, and soon, Spain. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. I'll be back tomorrow. Same Matt time, same Matt channel. And until then, happy hodling, everyone.